listening to audio from Oasis Church in Winter Haven, Florida. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit our website at www.oasischurchwh.org. And thanks so much for listening. Good morning. Everybody good today? You've, uh, you've worked off all of the Thanksgiving, right? So that's all gone. It just came and went, and now we can move on. No, no, it's going to be days before we work all that off. If you had multiple Thanksgivings, raise your hand. I know there's a few of us. And, and, and can I just say that's a hand lifted in praise to the Lord. Amen for multiple Thanksgivings. It's not good for me. But it sure is good in me. I like it, and I know you do too. And so what I'm going to refrain from saying just yet is Mary, and you know, no, don't say it, don't say it. We're not there yet. We'll get there. We've got a few more days to go in this Thanksgiving season. But I do know that we're on the, like the the compact, yes, you too? Okay, so somebody knows what that means and has a key to the back room. If you could take care of this right here, it would be great. So, uh, the multiplied holiday season, right? So, Thanksgiving, and a few of you have birthdays in between Thanksgiving and Christmas, and bless your heart, I hate that, but that's when your birthday is, and we're going to celebrate. So, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's, and then inventory for some of y'all that work in that arena. It's just multiplied holiday time. And so I thought, you know, what if we just tried to to be a distinctive place of encouragement for the next at least three weeks that I'm going to be here? Because this year we're doing, our family's going to do something a little different than we normally do. Y'all know that we typically fly the coop come Christmas time because all our family lives in North Georgia and we go there and I appreciate y'all allowing us to do that year in year out but this year uh, my wife's best friend's daughter is getting married on the Saturday before the Sunday we normally leave so we're actually going to be gone for two weeks this Christmas season but I want to go ahead and prepare you because you're going to want to be here the third week of December because that week Mr. Anthony Campbell who is the new head of school for Oasis Christian Academy. We share the facility with OCA. He's going to come and he's going to share God's word with us. He and his wife have visited with us a time or two and they'll be here uh, the third Sunday of December and you'll want to be here. He's a great communicator of God's word and I look forward to you being able to uh, to meet him in, a, in, a, in that unique way. Uh, and then on Christmas our man, Chad Greer, is going to handle it. He's going to handle it, but in a, in a fun way this year, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. You'll have an opportunity to come once or both, whatever your celebration schedule allows you to do, and we appreciate his willingness to do that. So you'll, you'll be hearing more about times and, and things to keep in mind for those Christmas Day and Christmas Eve services. But I thought, you know what? For the next three weeks, I I always want to be an encouragement to. I always want God's Word to encourage you. But a lot of Sundays, we're teaching God's Word so that God's Word taught and understood in context and then applied appropriately will teach us and lead us. We're still going to handle God's Word to the very best of our ability, but I thought, let's let's just simplify it. For the next three weeks, let's just try to be a a strategic encouragement to folks that are feeling things in the holiday season. Feeling things that are real in your heart and your mind. And can God's Word be an encouragement to us as we navigate the next few weeks? When I was a kid... There was a series of books that was, I don't even remember who the author was, and there may have been multiple authors of this kind of series. The books were called Choose Your Own Adventure. Anybody remember those books? Those, when I would go to the library, so you remember that, I'd go to the library at school, we'd have our library time. Those would be the books that, that I would go to. For those of you who don't know what the Choose Your Own Adventure format is, so you would basically start reading. It's a chapter book, an adventure book of some sort. And you would be reading along and you would get to a place either toward the end of a chapter or, or right in the climax of the middle of a chapter and you would have a bold line that says, 
to choose option A, turn to page 153. To choose option B, turn to page 243. And you had the opportunity to decide where was I going to go? What was going to be my choice? Depending on what choice you took, the adventure would go in a multiple of different ways. Well, I didn't like to read as a child. And those were the books that I would always go to. I'd make it through the first couple of chapters. I'd choose an adventure or two and I'd put it down because I didn't like to read. I read slow. Not much has changed since then. But I do enjoy reading more. But I was thinking about this idea of choosing your own adventure because God laid some, some thoughts on my mind. Some things that we all, I think, will agree that we wrestle with. Maybe all the time, but certainly in the middle of the hustle and bustle of the holiday season. So that's why we titled this little three-week series. It's called You Choose. You choose, and hopefully each week it'll be very clear that we're going to lay out before you the opportunity for you to choose to go to the left or to the right Our desire is that you will choose the path that God's Word leads us down. But at the end of the day, it's ultimately your choice. I thought about some other titles about maybe calling this How It Feels or What Is Real. I thought about We Said, He Said. I I thought about a lot of different things. But ultimately, at the end of the day, you got to choose. Today, we're going to look at a choice between Stress or rest? Stress or anybody, anybody deal with stress? Anybody? Anybody on blood pressure medication proving that you have a hard time dealing with stress? Stress, we hear about it all the time. Maybe the holidays coming up already puts you in the mind of stress. Because of all the things that you've got to do, you've got to accomplish, you've got to to try to make happen for this one and that one and these. And and then I just learned about those that I've got to make something happen for and take time and we get stressed. But, But some of us just live in stress all the time. I ask the question, why are we so stressed? I'll pose that question to you. Why are you so stressed? Some of the things that that I answered to that question, and you have an answer. You probably have many different answers. Some of the ones I wrote down were this. We get stressed because we're in a heavy season of life circumstances. Just a heavy season of stuff going on in life that we didn't ask for, we, we, didn't, we didn't sign our name to this list, they just started piling up, showing up at our life's door, these life circumstances. Here, here are some of those that, you know, I, I don't know your life circumstance, you don't know mine, but they fall into some pretty familiar buckets. What about health life circumstances? Do we deal with those? And maybe they're not even our health circumstances. It could be the health of a loved one that creates stress, even though we're not feeling the things that are being felt. Health circumstances. What about family circumstances? Maybe in your immediate family. Maybe there are circumstances dealing just in your life, in your family, or it's someone within the family. And, and there are sometimes when there are things happening in your family that aren't really even directly connected to you. But somehow it works its way over into your stress bucket. Circumstances that are just popping up. What about finances? I'm sure no one ever stresses over finances. As we go into this season where we already spend too much anyway, and now it's going to cost even more to spend too much to get even less of the stuff that nobody really wants. But we're going to get it anyway, aren't we? Financial stress. What about job stress? Anybody ever go through a season of heavy job stress? You nod, Austin. You work for your parents, dude. 
Oh, 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 my bad, my bad, my bad. My. <laughs> when they go on vacation, they leave him to run the joint, and he's stressed about it. Job stressors. We have it, right? Coworkers, employers, situations. You know, there's times of heavy ministry stress as well. I mean, there, there are times in, in ministry you go, no, no, ministry's supposed to be good and, and glorious and wonderful, but sometimes it can get more stressful than others. And, and nobody really understands that unless you've been in it. And, and then once you've been in it, you're like, oh, man, I didn't realize that was or could be so stressful. And the list goes on and on. What, what, what are you so stressed about? Maybe you're stressed from worrying about things that are out of your control. In fact, isn't that the definition of worry? I mean, aren't we, aren't we stressed and worried and bothered about things when they're completely out of our control and we, we have no way to, to, to manage what's going to happen? We just worry about it. Or, or maybe it's the control thing in the other direction. Maybe we're stressed because we have a general bent towards control. We're so bent towards control that we stress ourselves out trying to control everything. When in the reality of the fact is, it's all out of our control. Maybe we're stressed because of consequences. Consequences that, that come when sin enters into our life. When, when we make choices that are contrary to God's Word, clearly contrary, and we make that choice, and then we suffer the consequences of that choice. Maybe that is what is creating our stress. Or, or maybe it's just bad choices in general. We're having to live with the results of bad choices, and so we're stressed. Maybe as followers of Jesus... Sometimes we're even stressed because we're trying so hard to impress God with the works that we're doing for Him instead of just walking with Him by faith and allowing Him to work through us. You ever been in a season like that? You're trying so hard to do stuff for God. God, I'm just so wore out doing stuff for you. and I never ask you to do those things. just want you to walk with me. Maybe we're stressed because just we're trying to do too much. The plate's too full for any one person or one family to handle. Bottom line is, if you're not under stress today, within the next four weeks, you certainly will be. So is there an encouragement to us? Yeah, there's an encouragement to us. Because God lays before us a choice to stay in the stress or to choose rest. And I don't know of anybody in the building that would choose a week of work over a week of vacation any day. If there's something wrong with you, if, if you, if you would choose work over vacation, you're a workaholic, pay attention. This is for you. We look, we 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 love to know that we've got some downtime coming. God says, I I can give you rest. Or, or you can hold on to your stress. But at the end of the day, you have to choose. Here's what Jesus says in Matthew chapter eleven, verses twenty-eight through thirty. This is not going to be a, a new and groundbreaking scripture you've never heard before. You've heard these words. Jesus says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If you're a follower of Jesus today, you today can choose rest over stress. 
Jesus says so. In fact, in these verses, um, some, some of you may not know, you may be new to Oasis Church or newer. The, these verses are actually the definition of our church name. For many, many years, this church it was founded uh, as uh, uh, Havendale Baptist Church when it was on Havendale Avenue. Then it moved over here. And once we left Havendale, they chopped off the Dale and we stayed Haven Baptist Church for a number of years. And then we came. And, and after uh, a few months, a couple of years, uh, we felt that God was leading us to, to make a name change because things were just, they were different in here than it had been historically. And so we started thinking about, what, what, well, what name does God want us to use? And, and this was the scripture that just kept screaming out at me, where Jesus said, come to me, all that are weary and heavy laden, I'll, I'll give you rest. It just reminded me of the guy, the gal in the desert, about the thirst to death, no rain, just heat and dryness and sand everywhere, and they, they crest that last dune before they depart this life and they see that, not mirage, but that watering hole down there with the little one palm tree and that oasis in the desert. And I thought, wow, that's what Jesus said he was. And if we're to be followers of Jesus, then aren't we supposed to look and, 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 and be and sound like him? So he's our ultimate oasis, so let's be an oasis. And that's what we'll call ourselves. That's where our name came from. When Jesus spoke these words, he... He wasn't speaking directly to folks that were having a hard month at work. That's not what Jesus was talking about. Primarily, that's not what he was speaking to. He, he was not speaking to people who had a health situation going on that was causing them stress. That wasn't what he was directly speaking to. What he was directly speaking to was the, the people of, of, of God's chosen nation primarily at first, when they were looking to the leaders of the synagogues, the leaders of the temple, to show them the way to eternal life. And they kept pointing them back to the law. They kept pointing them back to the law and their traditions. And if you'll do these things, if you'll keep these rules, then God will be happy with you. And hopefully, God will raise you up in the last day like he's going to do to us because you can watch our lives and see how perfectly we're keeping the rules. The problem was nobody had ever been able to keep the rules. Because the rules were never designed to save anyone. In fact, the rules were to do thing, two things. To show the community just how holy God is and how broken we are. Because they'd spend every year trying their best to keep the rules. And then you will read that year after year, they would gather together at the tabernacle first, and then at the temple once it was built, and they would offer a sacrifice of atonement to cover the sin that they committed because nobody had ever been able to keep God's law. Why? Because we're all broken by sin and the best we will ever do will always come short of God's glory. So the words that Jesus spoke primarily were to a people who had been trying and trying and trying and wondering if their trying was going to be sufficient. And Jesus says, are, are y'all wore out? Are, are y'all wore out trying to, to earn God's favor? Are you, are you just worked to the bone? Worried whether or not you're going to get into God's kingdom and... and, and Certainly, the majority of the people would have said, we are so weary. We're so burdened with rules and we try and we can't keep them. And obviously, we're not keeping them or our lives would be as blessed as the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all those other leaders. And so obviously, God's not pleased with us. What do we need to do? Jesus, I'm going to tell you what to do. You just come to me. You wore out. You tired of trying to earn it yourself? Well, just come to me. And I'll give you rest. Rest from trying to get to God the best they knew how. He invited them to come to God through him. See, that's what Jesus was primarily talking about. When he says these words, come to me, you who are weak, you're weary, you're burdened. Come to me and I'll give your soul rest. 
Learn from me. What those folks are teaching you, they're taking God's eternal word and they're not teaching it to you correctly. You come to me. I am the living word. It's going to take them a number of years to figure out all these things about Jesus and to codify them theologically and how we're to understand it. But Jesus is saying to them, come to me. Learn from me. I'm not going to abolish the law. I'm not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater. But what I am going to do is introduce you to someone who's going to and always would have kept the law. That's me. I'm the perfect representative because I'm going to do all the things you never could do. And then I'm going to give my life for you. And I'm going to stand as a substitute for you. You're trying to get there on your own volition. It won't happen. But I'm already there. And I'm going to substitute myself. Just like that sacrifice that was, that was offered year after year to cover the sin. When I'm offered as a primary ultimate substitute, won't nobody ever have to, 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 to kill another lamb again. Because that'll be it. It'll be over. I'm the sufficient sacrifice. That's what he was talking about. Come to me. If today you are with us, either in person or online... And you've never trusted, you've never surrendered, you've never come to Jesus in faith. Well, then your biggest stressor, whether you know it or not, is your eternity. You, you may not know that, but, but your biggest source of stress is that eternity is coming. You know that death is around one of these corners you're going to go around. You're not sure which one it is, but you've seen people die very young. You've seen some die very old, but the one thing you've always seen is everybody dies. And you know your death is at some point. One of the biggest stressors of your soul is what does that mean for me? Jesus says, you come to me, well, I can give you immediate rest for that. Because what I've, what I've, well, at the time he said it, what I'm going to do for you in our time, he's already done it. Died in our place for our sin, rose victorious from the dead to secure our justification and to, to put an exclamation mark beside, it is finished, it is done, here's the free gift. But you got to take it. That's what Jesus was saying. That was his primary message. And if today you don't know Christ as Savior, well then, the choice he's giving you is death or life. Well, it's always the best choice to choose life. To choose Christ. He loves you. He gave himself for you and he's alive today. And he invites you to come. But see, most of you who are here are here because you are followers of Jesus. You, you say, Pastor Kevin, I, I've trusted Christ. I, I've come to him by faith. I've surrendered myself to him. I've embraced him as Lord and Savior, crucified, risen, returning. I don't understand it all, but I'm embracing it all by faith. And I still deal with stress. And I say, yep, me too. So what do we see? We see that... The same truth that applied to our being brought from death to life, from being brought from darkness into light, is the same offer when as children of God, followers of Jesus, we find ourselves weak and burdened and heavy laden. Because all of those things are a reality in this broken world that we are navigating as followers of Jesus. So if you're a follower of Jesus today and you have felt or are feeling or as a normal way of life find yourself under the weight of stress, well, you've got a choice to make every day. But today specifically, you've got a choice to choose rest. When we choose rest as followers of Jesus, we choose to return to Him having allowed ourselves to get sidetracked 
about all of these other things. Now, when I listed all of those, health, family, job, finances, oh, I forgot one, school. Anybody ever suffered under school stress? Yeah, of course you have. Some of you as students, others as educators and administrators. So it's, it's, it's there. Ministry, et cetera, et cetera. You find yourself under stress. Here, here's what happened. All of those things are like neutral things. They're not good. They're not bad. They're a normal necessity of life. Agreed? But what can happen is, is as followers of Jesus, we can allow our focus to become unhelpfully driven in those areas so that those areas of family and and health and, and job and school and ministry and all of those things captivate and dominate our mind and attention. And so all of a sudden those things begin to speak louder in our ears than our Savior. Now, now, what I don't find that, that, that God is doing, but He could do, is scolding us every time we get our, our, our eyes off of Him and onto these other things. I don't find Him there with a ruler. We were talking about that over, over Thanksgiving. It, how many of you got spank, or you Spanking was cool in school. Anybody had spanking was cool in high school? We were learning about that. Okay, wow. All right, so we was learning about that. And my mother-in-law talked about, you know, how her teacher used to take the ruler and hold her hand over, pop her hand with it, you know, I just, somehow we get to thinking that that's how God is. Like he's just walking around with that ruler, you know, waiting on us to get out so he can whack us on top of the head, you know, and, and his ruler, you know, it's electrically charged, right? Because, you know, the light, you know, pow, you know, get back in line. We think about God that way. And, you know, he could be that way if he wanted to be. I mean, in fact, he could just destroy us and still be completely holy, just, and righteous. And he would be, uh, he would have no, uh, nothing against his character. But that's not who he is. So he's not the God that's waiting to pop us on the head. He's the God who loves us and knows us in our weakness. He knows we're going to get distracted. He knows we're going to get overly focused. He knows we're going to find ourselves burdened down and weighed down. And he still says, come to me. Come here. Are are you stressed? Yes, Lord. Well, come here. Because I've got something for you. I've got a choice for you to make. Choosing rest is simply trusting in Jesus' promise. Jesus make promises while he was here? Certainly he did. Well, what does he say here? Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will. Hadn't been but just a couple of weeks. We've talked about those who make promises and break promises. So we expect folks to say, yeah, I'll be there. And we go, nah, you won't. You're not going to be there. Or, nah, you're probably not going to be there. It'll be a miracle if they show up. Why? Because folks break promises. And, and we're conditioned to hear promises with a little bit of cynicism of, yeah, probably not. Jesus says, if you come to me with your stress, I will give you rest. I will. We must not believe him. Because I've not just told you something you didn't know. But we carry the ball and chain. We carry the weight around. We're just, you know, on the verge of just falling apart. And he says, come here. Come here. If you'll come to me, I I will give you rest. It's a, a promise. But choosing rest requires that we set down our own will and take up His will. Well, what's He say? He says, come to me and I'll give you rest. Verse 29. Take my yoke on you. We don't farm 
in, in this data. We're not, we're not agrarian in our, in our, in our jobs. We, we're not out with the, with the livestock, you know, breaking ground and harvesting stuff. But they were. They were very familiar with what a yoke was and what it was for. It was a, a, an apparatus that you would put around the neck of an oxen or possibly a mule, uh, some sort of a burden-pulling animal. You would, you would put that. It was, it was circular so that it could go around the bottom and the top. You know, you remember when uh, we did family Bible time and, and I got stuck in the, in the stockade? You remember that? I had my neck through that. Well, that's basically what a yoke is. You put your neck through it. You latch it down so that the animal can pull the plow with ropes and, 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 uh, and, and, and what do you call them there? Psst. Yeah, reins and, and all those. They, they're gathered on there and the animal pulls. Yoke. No animal's ever had two yokes on it. Why? Because a yoke is connected to an apparatus. You're going you're gonna to pull, you got to have one yoke. You wouldn't put another yoke on. I know kids in middle school walk around wearing two hats on, on uh, you know, their spirit week, hat day. They'll wear two, three, four hats. But we know that's silly and shouldn't be done out in public on a normal day. Why? Because your head should only have one hat on at a time, right? Because the two would just be redundant and not necessary. Jesus says, what I want you to do is I want you to set your stress yoke aside. I want you to put on my yoke. See, for, for the first hearers, he was saying, I, I want you to put off. You're trying to keep the law and keep all the rules, earning your own salvation. I want you to yoke up with me, put on my yoke. Not, not, not the trying best you can, trusting me. Well, for followers of Jesus, he's saying, what's got you so stressed? You say, well, and you fill in the blank. He says, well, here's what I want you to do. I want you to set that aside and put on my yoke. Now, here's what he's not telling you. Because in your mind, you're going, okay, that's silly because I can't just set aside my family. I can't just set aside my bad boss. I can't just set aside the diagnosis. I can't just set aside. I got three more weeks of school before I've got Christmas. Brock, you can't just set that stuff aside. I have reports and, and stuff due, and it's still going to be there. And Jesus said, I'm not saying that it's going to go away. I'm just saying set aside your focus on that. Restore your focus on me. Who knows better what's going on in your family? You or the sovereign God of the universe? Who knows better what's going on at your job? You or the sovereign God of all that is? Who knows better what homework you've got due tomorrow that you've had all week and the weekend to do and still haven't done yet? You or the God of, of all creation? See, he knows what's stressing us. And he's saying, what I want you to do is I want you to intentionally choose me. In, in the midst of all that I've got going on, I, I want you to recognize that your stress is because you've got your eyes locked in on the problem, and I want you to get locked in on me. When you put my yoke, you've identified there's an issue. I'm going to set it aside. And I'm going to put on you. The reality is, is this is not a one-time deal. Because chances are great, this is not the first time you've ever been stressed. And it won't be the last. But as you're evaluating your situation, Jesus says, you can hold on to that. You can keep pulling that, or you can put on me. So choosing rest requires I set off what is mine. I put on him. I love what 1 Peter 5, 7 says. It says, cast all your cares on him. Why? Because he cares for you. Cast all your cares on him. He can handle it. He can pull it. 
He's not going to find it's too heavy to pull. He's not going to find it's too burdensome to bear. Cast all your cares on Him as you're coming to Him. Just yoking up to Him. Put on your yoke. Well, mine too heavy. I know it's too heavy. You weren't ever, I I don't want you carrying that by yourself. Put on my yoke. Choosing rest means that we assimilate God's word over our thinking. You know, when you have a a computer program and the new update comes out and it says, would you like to update? Yes, I would. Well, what's happening? The, The new program is overriding the old program. Right? Because when you turn it on, you're like, hey, it doesn't look like it used to. Oh, man, I got to learn this new program. Ah, I wish I had never updated this. Well, the problem is, had you not updated it, it wouldn't be working right. It would have bugs connected. And you needed to update so that it would work properly. And yes, it's going to look a little different. Things might be in different places. It might not be so easy for you to get where you're used to going. But the update is necessary. He says, when you learn from me, I don't want you to just put facts in your brain. I don't want you to just learn about who I am. I want you to learn from, I want you to assimilate what I'm saying. I want you to allow it to overwrite the way you're normally doing Because guess what? The way you're doing it is stressing you out. You need to learn from me. Let me teach you how to see those things that probably aren't going to go away. Learn from me. How much of God's Word do we know that we don't do? That we don't put to practice? James says in James 1.22 that we're to be doers of the word not just hearers of the word you know this when we assimilate God's word it becomes a part of who we are I think about worry Philippians 4 6 to 7 talks about not being anxious about anything not worrying about anything but what are we to do those of you who know the passage don't worry about stuff what are we to do we're to pray But through prayer, let your situation be known to God. And and guess what He does? He'll guide our hearts and minds. Don't worry about stuff. You're worrying over things out of your control. Jesus said, well, by worrying, which one of you have added a day to your life? Anybody added a hair to your head by worrying? No, you haven't. Why? Because worry profits nothing. I know. Don't worry about it. Talk to me about it. What about control? You control freaks who like to have control on everything. You, you know the very familiar proverb. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. What does it say? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. Don't lean on your own ability to control and guide and manipulate and hold on to. It says in all your ways acknowledge Him. He'll make your path straight. What does that allude to the fact that if you're going to control it, your path's going to get crooked. You're going to run yourself into the ditch. So trust the Lord with what's going on in your life because guess what? You've never been in control and your attempts to control it are always going to be futile. What about those who have consequences because of sin? You got sin in your life. You're feeling the consequences. You're stressed over it. You know what you need to do? Confess it. First John 1 9, confess your sin. Just admit it to God. I, 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 I messed up again. No ruler. That's not what God's looking to do. He's not looking to wrap you. He's not looking to, to hurt you. He's looking to forgive you. He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us if we'll just confess it. Get rid of the stress by confessing your sin. What about those unwise choices that we made and we're, oh, we're stressing over them and they just uh, plaguing us? I love what James chapter 5, verse 16 says. He says, confess your sins to one another. You know, you know one of the best ways for you to counterbalance a bad decision is to help somebody else learn from your mistake. 
That's one of the best ways for you to get out from under the guilt and the stress and when everybody finds out about this, is just to go ahead and get it out there. And say, you know what? I made a bad choice. This was wrong. I confessed it before the Lord. I'm letting you know that this is what happened and I, I just want to get this right. But I want you to learn from my mistake. That's allowing God's Word to assimilate into us and become a part of what we do. What about those who are trying to impress God with all that they're doing for Him? Jesus said, I want you to do for me. I want you to abide in me. In John chapter 15, he's talking about the relationship between followers of Jesus and our Savior, who is the vine, and we're the branches, and those branches that remain vitally connected to Him, that abide in Him, remain in Him. What happens to that branch? What does it produce? Fruit. He's not looking for us to get out there and, and just burn up the town for him. He's looking for us to abide in him. And when we abide in him, the spirit within us pushes the life of Christ out of us and fruit is manifested to God's glory. And we can set down some of the stress of trying to do for God and just be with him. According to 2 Corinthians 5, 7, walking by faith and not by sight, which is the biggest yoke that we set down. We, we see what's around us. We feel what's around us. It's right there in front of us. And Jesus says, I want you to come to me and walk by faith. Yeah, but, but Lord, I got, I know what you got. I know better than you do what you got. What I want you to do is trust me. Walk by faith, abiding with me, putting my word to action, seeing the things in my life, in your life, through my lens and not yours. Or you can choose stress, but I got rest here. Choosing rest may have no effect whatsoever on your circumstances. Choosing rest may have no effect whatsoever in your circumstances, but look what he says. He says, put my yoke, learn from me. You'll find rest for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I know I've shared this with y'all before. Maybe half a dozen times I'm going to do it again because it's one of the most exciting things once I was taught. Once somebody told me what this idea was about, then it was just really thrilling to me. When Jesus says, my yoke is easy, he doesn't mean that your life is going to be easy when you come to him. In fact, the closer we get to him, sometimes the more chaotic our life becomes. You're like, so God brings the stress. No, no. God allows the circumstances, but He gives you the choice on the stress. Either we can be stressed or we can have just an upside-down life going on. And we're not ignoring these things. We're just primarily following and focused on Jesus and allowing Him to lead in all of these areas so that I don't become out of balance in this idea of stress. He says this yoke is... Easy meaning that it causes no discomfort. It's easy to wear. It's, can I say, tailor-made. It's fit to you. Now, when you go to the dentist and you're going to have something put in your mouth, you know, what, what will they do? They'll take some goo and they'll put it in this thing and then they'll shove that thing in your mouth and try to gag you to death as you're biting down on all this goo and they'll leave it in there for a good minute longer than they have to. And then they'll pull it out. And what do they make from, from what has happened in their office? They, make, they take an impression, and that impression provides an opportunity for them to build a mold of something that will go in your mouth. And presumably, when they do it by the mold, it's going to fit. That's what you want. You want it to fit. 
remember going to the shoe store with your mama when you was little? And they always brought out the, that little metal thing. I don't know, it was funny looking. They didn't want you to play with it, and they scolded you when you were playing with it. You had to stand on it, and they'd push it down all around. And magically, they tell you what size you were. It was the most incredible little gadget I'd ever seen. Why? Why do they do that? Because you won't tell them the truth when they bring the shoe out, whether it hurts or not. they got to know your size so that it will fit. Jesus says, that yoke of burden that you're wearing, it's, it's chafing and rubbing, and it's, it's causing you to be raw and sore and aggravated and frustrated because you're trying to carry something that I never meant for you to carry. So you take that off, you put my yoke on, and you go, oh, wow, okay, well, that just fits right nice. He says, I know. It's tailor-made for you. It's, it's an easy yoke. All right. Now let's start pulling. And, and you discover, wow, that burden is a whole lot lighter. So all those circumstances Jesus just took away, I prayed and asked God to take away all of my circumstances. And he did. No, he didn't. You, you know what he did? Some folks that had yokes and and livestock that would pull the plow would have a double yoke they'd put two animals on either side right they would lock one in lock the other and they'd pull them together and they'd gee and haul and they'd go along okay i think the idea is that jesus is saying you yoke up with my easy yoke. oh that fits good all right let's start pulling Woo! this is easy you know why he's pulling he's pulling what he always was willing to pull what he's capable of pulling with full knowledge and understanding. And we're walking along with the same amount of burdens, recognizing that we can walk this thing out. How could Paul write letters in jail after beatings about joy? How could Paul write a letter to the people in Philippi about their joy and his joy for them while he's shackled to Roman guards, not knowing when and if he's going to get... How is that possible? It's not because the circumstances were gone. It was because the yoke was easy and the burden was light. He didn't say the circumstances were easy. He he didn't say the trials were less. He just said... If you focus on me, I'll carry the weight as you go through the the stuff without all the stress because it's not your burden to bear, it's mine. Your responsibility is keep yourself set on me. Now, does that make sense? I mean, like, could I? Do I need to go around again? It's already 11.44. Do I need to tell it one more time to make more sense? No, you said you could have stopped 15 minutes ago. We got it. Now, why do we stay so stressed? Because we choose stress over rest. I'm guilty of it, and you're guilty of it. Look, church, let me just encourage you. When I supposed to, when I supposed to weigh under all that? We need to choose rest. Choose rest by surrendering to Jesus as Lord and Savior today. Why, why are you waiting? I mean, if, <clears throat> if God is resonating in your heart, and you know it, you, you, you know it's contrary to popular opinion. You know that. And it's getting more contrary by the day. You know, this whole Jesus thing, this Christianity thing, it is getting more and more unpopular. But deep down, right now, you say, I can't explain it, but I know He loves me, and I believe He is real. And I do believe Jesus died, and I believe He rose from the dead. I believe He did that because He loves me. Well, choosing rest means surrendering to Him. As God is Savior, come to Him. Don't wait. Had a fellow last week come to talk about some some decisions, some choices, some things that, that he's dealing with after worship last week. And uh, 
after a few minutes, I, I kind of sensed that maybe he was not yet a believer. Come to find out, he wasn't. But he became one in there in the office after a little while. You know, baby step. You know, and I know it, just learning and trying to fit. But don't wait. Come to him. Trust Jesus. Choose rest. Christian, bring your personal stresses to Christ today. But then plan to do it every day, submitting them to Him and His Word. You don't have to walk in it alone. Maybe you're not in stress right now and you go, oh, that was good. I'm just not feeling it right now. Well, be one that speaks rest that comes only from Jesus into the lives that are stressed around you. Be someone who is a beacon. You know those guys out on the side of the road? Houses are being built and they're flipping the sign around. Be someone who speaks rest into the lives of others that comes only through Jesus. With every head bowed, with every eye closed, I don't know where you're at. But if you're like me, you, you towed a whole lot more stress than necessary. So what would it look like if we all just said, Lord, I'm stressed out because of, and you fill in the blank. I'm, I'm letting my eyes get off of you. I'm focusing too much on this. But I want to come to you today. Because you promised rest. And you promised an easy yoke. You promised that you would pull these real things in my life for me, but with me. And, and I, want, I, want to, I want to take a step in that direction. If you don't know Jesus as Savior, it's like, God, I believe you're real. And I believe Jesus died for me. I believe he was my sacrifice. I, I know I'm a sinner and I know I need forgiveness and I believe he provided it for me through his death and resurrection I want to take a step toward him by faith Father we thank you for the day we thank you for your word we thank you for the opportunity we have to be an encouragement to one another I hope that your people will be encouraged that you know about what they're feeling that you have an answer you are the answer in the person of your son I pray that you will help us all to come to him. Confess our sin. Admit our failure. Recognize our out of balance. Recognize our tendency to control. Admit our worry. Just trust you with the things that are just heavy right now. God, give us the ability to walk by faith today and every day following. We love you. We thank you. We look forward to the opportunities that you will lay out before us this week. Use us in whatever way you see fit. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Stand with me.